0: So in the group meetings today, several of you indicated um, that the reason for coming to the retreat, and certainly this is a a common reason among many reasons for coming to retreats, is to see if we can find some way of coming to balance in our lives. And so this evening I'd like to speak a little bit about finding balance in our lives and what it means to find balance when we when we look at our lives and look at the experience of our lives we can see many areas in which we perhaps experience some difficulty with balance and we experience imbalance and um, Probably um, a more common among the more common areas of this would be finding a balance between work time and personal time. Another common area of struggling with balance would be um, finding a balance between time with family and friends balanced with time for oneself with solitary time um Perhaps we look for a balance of time in the so-called real real world and time in retreat. Um, Perhaps finding a balance of time of being active and and awake and sleeping time. Uh, So these are just some of the ways and and many ways and I'm sure each of us are aware each of us is aware of ways in our lives of areas in our lives where we feel a need for more balance where we have a sense of being out of balance and certainly coming into retreat we um, talk I've, I've spoken very much in the instructions about balance about finding a balance between um... Being upright and being relaxed, finding a balance between effort and just being, effort and non-effort, finding balance in. What else have I spoken about? (laughs) (laughs) Spoken about it in in several ways today. So the meditation, in a sense, is also about finding balance and. And certainly the Buddha, when he, when he spoke of meditation, when he spoke of the path, he, he really in a, in a, in a sense was speaking of balance and, and he referred to the path and he referred to the meditation process which, which he presented as being the middle path. So the middle path being a balanced path. A balanced path which doesn't get caught in extremes. And so the Buddha spoke of how we get caught up in extremes, and how these extremes really do put us off balance, out of balance. And being out of balance means that um, we're not we're not really living in in the present. We're not living in in mindfulness. We're not living in freedom because we're caught in the extremes. And so the Buddha presented the middle path as a way of coming to balance in life. Balance meaning freedom. So we see in our lives areas where we're out of balance. We see areas where we feel a need for some balance. And then we perhaps decide to come to a retreat or we decide we need a holiday or we decide we need to change our job or we need to make some change in our lives and making these changes with the hope that it will bring us to a balanced state, to a more wholesome state. We could also think of a balanced state of being in balance as also being wholesome. in the context of daily life and also in the context of the meditation. And perhaps we could speak more specifically about the meditation and the, and the retreat situation, but certainly this applies very much to everyday life too. There are, um, perhaps we could, we could say we could identify certain indicators certain indicators of being un- out of balance. So if we want to be able to recognize to know when we're out of balance, certainly the kind of the the less out of balance we are at the time of being aware of it, the easier it's going to be perhaps to find balance. The more out of balance we find ourselves, the more difficult it is to come to balance. The um, The tendency, the way that we tend to, tend to work in, in finding balance is that we, we recognize that we're out of balance when we get to some extreme. We notice ourselves caught in some extreme and then the idea comes, oh I'm caught, I'm, I'm in this, I'm really out of balance, I need some balance. And the tendency is to swing to the other extreme to try and get balance. So I look in my life and I see oh I'm just really too busy and too active I'm involved in too many things I'm really getting burned out um, I really need some peace and quiet I'll do a retreat and so I take myself from the one extreme situation of being really busy and really involved and really active and getting burned out and I take myself into the other extreme of Just being in a retreat and, and doing very little. And, and so this attempt to find balance often means that we end up going from one extreme to another. And in a sense, and as healthy as it may be to do a retreat, in a sense, it's simply going off balance in the other direction. Because what happens is we come and we do a retreat and After a period of time, we're feeling rested, we're feeling relaxed, we're feeling calm, and then we just jump right back into the same old life. And so there's a sense of balance, and with that sense of balance, that sense of comfort, that sense of peacefulness, we just go right back to the other extreme. And then after a while, oh, I need another retreat. And and so often, life is like this. And not just with busy life and retreat. But in in many, many ways in our lives, when we start to look, I think we can see that we have this tendency to swing from one extreme to another. And so if we can identify the tendencies, if we can have some awareness of the tendencies towards the extremes before we actually get there, this perhaps could be helpful in finding more balance, so that we can stay closer to the balance and not get so far to the extreme. So if, if we go, if we go this far, in order to get balance, we think we have to go this far. So there's a huge gap between the two. But if we just go this far, then perhaps we just have to go this far. And if we can recognize the imbalance at this point, then perhaps it's this much. And if we can recognize it here, then maybe here. So the greater degree of awareness we have of being off balance, perhaps the easier it will be to find balance, to keep from moving or being pulled towards the extreme. And so what are some of the things, what are some of the indications of being off balance? or of tending towards an extreme. One one of these, one indication of imbalance which shows very commonly at the beginning of retreats, and which several of you have indicated today, and which I've also experienced somewhat today, is drowsiness, tiredness, dullness, lethargy. When we notice tiredness, when we notice tiredness, when we're aware of this dullness, I think in most cases it's an indication that in some way we've gotten off balance. Something is out of balance. And so often, um, for people coming into retreat on the first day or two, often the imbalance has simply been So much busyness and so much activity and so much doing, whether physical or mental, that there really is a burnout, there's an exhaustion. And then in coming into the retreat with the sudden stopping, all of a sudden we experience the tiredness. And the tiredness is there because of reasons the tiredness is there because of the reasons of being burned out or being tired of being exhausted. And so, it, in, with the awareness of the tiredness, there can be perhaps an understanding of the conditions which have given rise to it. And so, in the retreat situation, being aware of the tiredness is an indication that there's some imbalance somewhere. And of course, very often in retreat, the tendency when we feel this tiredness is to go to the other extreme. So the one extreme is the busyness and the activity which has given rise to the tiredness, and the other extreme is to just go to sleep. <laughs> and, and so often in retreat, what happens in the first, especially in the first day or two, when we notice this tiredness, we just say, well, I just need to settle in, I really need to get rested, I need to relax, so I'll just, Sleep for a day or two or for an hour or two or whatever. And, and sometimes this is necessary. Sometimes it is skillful. But I think it's important to recognize in this situation that the tiredness is an indication of some imbalance. And when there is that awareness, then there's the, then there's the possibility at least of, of looking into the imbalance, seeing where the imbalance is, inquiring into the imbalance in our lives, and then seeing what does need to change, what can we change, what changes are possible. Tiredness can also be an indication of imbalance in other ways. Tiredness and dullness um, in retreat and in daily life also can Sometimes be an be an indication of an imbalance in emotional life. Tiredness can come very often. It can be an indication of a kind of suppression or an avoidance or not wanting to look at, or in some cases even just a complete unawareness of emotional life of anger, of frustration, of impatience, of restlessness. And the the tiredness can just be a way of saying, either consciously or unconsciously, the tiredness can just be a way of saying, I just don't want to deal with it. Just leave me alone, let me sleep. And so the, the tiredness can indicate that imbalance. And again, having that awareness, having the awareness of the presence of tiredness, gives us a signal. There may be something here that needs to be looked at. There may be something here that it would be helpful for me to understand. And so the tiredness is is kind of a negative in the sense that with the tiredness there's just low energy, there's low interest, there's, um, there's an inability to a degree, sometimes to a large degree, to inquire, to be mindful. And yet at the same time it's a positive because it's giving us a signal. It's giving us the signal, the indication, that perhaps there is something here that I need to look at. So tiredness is an important indication at times of some imbalance in life. With tiredness in the in the context of the meditation, in the context of the retreat, I would encourage you to work with the tiredness and and this applies for all the all these indications all these indicators of imbalance that i'm going to refer to with with these as with whatever appears in the meditation in the practice to work with it to learn how to work with it so very often when something comes up and it could be just tiredness um Often, we get into a struggle with it. No, I'm going to sit. I'm not going to be tired. I'm going to sit through it. And, and there can be a real struggle with it, a real battle with it. And, and that struggle and that fighting it very often just creates more tiredness. And so, so I, would, I would suggest finding ways of working with it, working with it, rather than fighting against it. And some ways of working with it, um, and what, what working with it means, what I mean by that is looking into it, giving it attention. And there are some tricks, some tools to help us to give attention to tiredness. Um, one being to open the eyes let in some light let in some energy one being movement so the qigong especially in this retreat can be very helpful for working with tiredness one being to check the posture keep the posture upright one being to stand so even during the sitting periods if there's a lot of tiredness and dullness to stand bring the attention to the contact with the earth One being, perhaps, to have a cold shower. To uh, get some fresh air. Some movement outside in the fresh air. And so, so using these ways of helping to sustain and to generate a little bit of energy to look into the experience, to go into the experience of tiredness. And going into the experience of tiredness, one way of one way of doing this is to really bring the attention to the body and just ask myself how does the body feel with tiredness and just being aware of the sensations or the lack of sensations in the body being aware of the posture bringing attention also to the mind what happens with the mind when there's tiredness very often with tiredness we notice that there's Daydreaming and drifting and just kind of a fog in the mind. There's thoughts happening, but it's very foggy. And, and so noticing this, being aware of what's happening. And, and that, that awareness, that awareness is an awareness. So we can have awareness, we can have mindfulness, we can have alertness and awakefulness, even in the presence of tiredness. So giving attention giving awareness to the experience of tiredness and of course at times it may come to the point where it really is necessary to just have a rest have a sleep and so that's up to each one of us to inquire for ourselves and to decide for ourselves So being watchful for tendency to just have the experience come have the feeling the sensation come and say oh, can't do it anymore. I just have to sleep. So bring awareness to the experience and explore and then see what's necessary and what's helpful. So another indication of being off balance, which commonly comes up in retreats, is um, the opposite of tiredness, and that is restlessness. So the tiredness and the dullness is of being off balance in one way, and the opposite of that, the other pole of that, the other extreme of that, is restlessness. And very often the two are very connected. Uh, sometimes we can see that with tiredness we can experience in the body that with tiredness a kind of restlessness comes. Uh, I know myself, I know that um, if I'm really overtired, when I go to bed and try to sleep, I can't sleep. I get in this state of being overtired, and then I can't fall asleep, I'm so tired. And, and in that state, there's a kind of a there's a there's restlessness in the body that just doesn't allow the body to relax and to settle, even though it's tired. And so often, tiredness can give rise to a restlessness. So restlessness can show in different ways. Restlessness can show in the body. We can feel restlessness in the body. Just not being able to sit. Not being able to sit still. Not being able to find a comfortable position no matter what. Not being able to find the right cushions or the right place in the room. And just having this restlessness. This, this agitation in the body. And restlessness can also show in the mind. Lots of activity of mind, lots of busyness of mind, remembering this and planning that, and thinking about this, and um, and 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 all of this, whether mind or body or very often both together, are indications of something off balance. And when there's an off balance with the restlessness, again, what can be helpful first of all is the awareness of it. And then again, working with it. Finding ways of working with it so that we're not fighting it, not struggling with it, because this is just more restlessness. The struggle is more restlessness. So giving more attention to the breath can be helpful with restlessness. Restlessness. And particularly to the outbreast, and really allowing the outbreast to settle the body and to settle the mind. Keeping the eyes closed so there's less distraction. Not reading and not writing I spoke about this morning can really contribute to a settling, less distraction, less activity of mind, less restlessness. So finding ways of coming back to balance. Coming back to balance when we become aware of restlessness. And finding ways of really working with it rather than fighting it. Another indication of being off balance, um, maybe two, I'll take two together because they're very much related, very closely related. And these two are the presence of desires and aversions. The presence of wanting. Wanting things to be different than they are. The presence of not wanting things. Wanting to get rid of things. Not wanting to get something. The presence of desires and aversions are indications of an imbalance. An imbalance here meaning a dissatisfaction with what is, just not satisfied with what is. And in that not being satisfied with what is, there's a, a kind of a swinging, there's a kind of a swinging, trying to get here, trying to get there, and upsetting the balance. And. So being aware in the meditation, in the Qigong, being aware of the desire for something to be different than it is. Being aware of not liking something, not wanting something. I don't want to do this Qigong right now. I just don't feel like it. I'm too tired. Um, Or... um, or, I'd rather sit now. I'd rather be sitting than, than doing the Qigong. Or, um, I'd rather be outside going for a walk. Or, um, I don't really like this food. I'm not used to this this kind of food. I'd rather have something different, what I'm familiar with and what I really like. Uh, just just noticing all the different ways that the mind comes up with to look for something different. And in that looking for something different, or in that trying to keep something away, not being able to find that resting, that balancing, that resting in what is, that resting in the presence. And of course desires and aversions very often do go together and, and and in a sense we could say they're exactly the same thing. So the desire for something when I want something other than what is at the same time there's a disliking of what is. And if I don't like what is if I don't like what I'm experiencing right now then I look for something different. So from the not liking of this the desire the wanting for that arises with the desire for something else the disliking of what is arises and so they very much work together and they also very much work together with tiredness and with restlessness when I'm feeling tired I want something to be different When I'm feeling restless, I want to get rid of the restlessness. I don't want to be restless. And so the one gives rise to the other. And so again, with desire and restlessness, first of all, being, with desire and aversion, first of all, being aware of when they're present. Noticing them and notice how they do pull us off balance. So when I want something, I don't get it. Then I want it more, and it's still not coming. And I want it more, and more, and more. And the desire can build, and build, and build. And the same with aversion. I get a pain in the back. I don't like it, I want to get rid of it. And I move around, and it's still there. And then I want to get rid of it even more. And I move around and it's still there. And then I get agitated. And then it gets worse. And then I get all tight and tense. And then the the aversion gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And I just get more and more off-balance. So being aware in the practice of how this can happen. Noticing if it's happening for you in any way noticing when a desire or aversion arises, is there a taking it up in some way which is building it? Which is increasing it? Is there any tightening around it? Is there any holding on to it? Which is just building it and building it and taking us further and further away from balance. Noticing when it arises and and seeing if we can see it is just a movement of the mind. It's just a movement of the mind which arises because of certain conditions, because of memories, because of plans, because of past experiences, because of um, other things that may be happening here. Um person making noise, or too much noise from outside, or banging of the heating system, or whatever, giving rise to the desires and the aversions and being aware of when this is happening and seeing that it's simply a movement of the mind because of conditions. And very often, just this recognition in itself can take some of the power out of it, take some of the authority out of it, and then we can just gently bring the attention back. To the actual experience of the body, the actual experience of, of the breath, of the body sensations of the breath. Another indication of being off balance, and, and this is really an, an easy one to see, a lack of balance, and that is doubt or confusion. And we can see with doubt or confusion that what it is, is the mind swinging back and forth between two or more extremes. Should I do this or should I do that? Should I go here? Should I go there? Should I be like this? Should I be like that? Is this better or is this better? Is this right or is this right? Is this wrong or is this wrong? And confusion and doubt is this back and forth, and not being able to find the balance, not being able to come to rest at a point of balance. And so when we notice confusion or doubt, and and doubt can show in many, many different ways in a retreat. One common way is, um, should I be here or should I leave? Is this the right thing for me or is it not? Um, Is this helpful for me or is it not? So the doubt shows. So when we see the doubt, when we see the doubt arising, being aware that the doubt is indicating imbalance. So we have these these indications and we can notice these these kinds of signals that that were out of balance. And so when we notice them, then we can begin to look to see if we can come to, see if we can discover some balance or what it means to have balance. And as I mentioned before, very often what happens in finding trying to find balance is that we can swing from one extreme to another. And then we go back to the other extreme and 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 what often happens is that we go through this cycle repeatedly. We keep going back and forth and back and forth, and at some point we realize that, wait a minute, this is crazy. I'm just going from one extreme to another, and I'm not really getting any balance at all and and then what um, What usually comes, or what often comes with that in the attempt to find balance, is the idea, well, it's not a matter of going from this to this and going back and forth, but it's more finding the right amount of this and the right amount of this, and if I can somehow bring them together so that I've got just the right amount of working time and just the right amount of time with my family, and just the right amount of time at retreat and just the right amount of time um, for going out with my friends Um, if I can have just the right amount of time of all these different factors then my life will be in balance and we can also see it in the sitting in the meditation we can say well if I have just the right amount of uprightness of my body and just the right amount of relaxing then I'll be able to meditate or if I have just the right amount of awareness and just the right amount of relaxation then I can meditate or if there's just the right amount of quietness and so looking looking for quantities of the different factors and seeing if I can just get it right and with that then then my life will be balanced then then the present moment will be balanced now I'm sure we've all tried this in different ways at different times and probably what we've discovered is that we can get to some sense of balance we can get to some sense of satisfaction where ah oh, yes now I've got it uh, life is kind of flowing along easily of um, Meditation is going easy right now. It's um it's quite peaceful and calm and it feels good and I've got it just right and um and then something changes. Something changes in life, some circumstance changes that that affects the whole balance. Something which is completely unavoidable, completely out of my control, which I have absolutely no say in whatsoever some crisis at work, some crisis in the family, some crisis with myself. And the whole balance is upset because we don't have this kind of control over life. And so it's very difficult to find any kind of balance if we think in terms of quantity of this and quantity of that. It's also very difficult to find balance in that sense, because um, the very idea of balance, the very idea of, of normal, the very idea of extremes also changes. Our very definition of extremes can change. So, for example, if I've never done a retreat, um, to come on a five-day retreat could seem pretty extreme. Maybe a three-day one would be better. A week would definitely be too much. Um, five days maybe is the middle path. <laughs> in fact, um, I just um, got an email of a retreat. I, I led a retreat in, in Ottawa in Canada last year, and um, our original idea was to do a five-day retreat. And not enough people signed up, so we did a three-day retreat instead. And um, and and people really enjoyed it. At the end of the retreat, we said, "Okay, how many people would like to do a one-week retreat?" And all the hands went up. <laughs> and we said, "Okay, good. Next year we'll do a one-week retreat." And um, so I just. When I arrived yesterday, I was handed an email from the organizers saying, well, people are having second thoughts about a week. How about five days? (laughs) So so looks like um, finding the middle path, finding the balance at five days. So, So for these people, initially, five days seemed extreme. That was too much. So they went for three days last year. And then they thought, well, seven days sounds fine, and then as the time got closer, no, seven days seems extreme. Three days was too short. Seven days is extreme. So we'll we'll take five days. So so our very definition of extreme changes. And this can happen with family life too. And with work life too. If we're doing if we're doing work that we really enjoy, that's nourishing us. And and we're really loving it, then we can work for hours and hours and hours and hours. Day in and day out. And um, and sometimes people are able people have a job, have work where they can do this and and not get burned out. And so it's like the work isn't even perceived as work, it's being enjoyed so much, and there's no sense of extreme in it. But if we're doing a job that we don't enjoy, one hour of it can seem very extreme. So the definition changes depending on many different factors, many different conditions. So as as the definition of extremes changes, the definition of balance, the sense of what balance is, will also change. And so it's hard to find a balance based on Quantities based on trying to bring together extremes and somehow balance them. And it's difficult because wherever we're seeing extremes, wherever we're seeing different things, different factors, wherever we're seeing a difference, and trying to bring together differences, there's always a gap. There's always a separation. Wherever we're taking two or more different factors and trying to bring them together, there's still different factors. There's still a difference. And in that difference, there's a separateness. And wherever there's separateness, there's going to be, at some point, to some degree confusion and doubt swinging back and forth desire and aversion not wanting this wanting this not wanting this wanting this tiredness and restlessness wherever there's a perception of separateness of different things and trying to get different things in balance the signals of imbalance will show And so in working this way, we can come to some temporary sense of balance. We can come to some temporary sense of harmony. But at some point, the difference will again show. At some point, there will again be, because of changing conditions, there will be a sense of separateness, of family life, work life, personal life there will be a sense of separateness of making effort not making effort and so finding balance truly finding balance requires looking into this sense of separateness it requires coming to some understanding of this sense of separateness and what this means what separateness is, what the ending of separateness is. In the ending of the separateness, in the, in understanding, in the understanding which ends the separateness, in the understanding which ends that sense of being pulled, that sense of being off balance to extremes, the understanding which brings this to an end is the true balance. And this true balance, this balance is the liberation from the extremes. The liberation from the, from the suffering and from the pain and from the anguish, from the restlessness and the dullness and the doubt and the desires and the aversions. the freedom from all of this which gives us peacefulness and and harmony and wholeness which isn't dependent on things, which isn't dependent on having this and not having that or having some of this and having some of that. And the meditation practice, the meditation practice is to bring awareness to our lives, to bring awareness to our life, right in this moment, in each moment, and to come to this understanding, to come to this understanding of the very nature of our life, the very nature of who we are, in a way that it truly frees us and truly liberates us from this separateness from these extremes and it's not about getting rid of the extremes it doesn't require getting rid of our family life and our social life with friends it doesn't require getting rid of work doesn't require getting rid of effort. It doesn't require having only effortlessness in every moment. It's not about getting or getting rid of. It's understanding the nature of it. Understanding the nature of life. So we use the meditation techniques and methods and form and structures including the Qigong as tools not to get something. Not to get rid of something. Not to get some peaceful, beautiful, blissful state of mind. Not to get rid of the pains that we experience. Not to get rid of the restlessness, the dullness, the desires, the aversions, the doubts, but to understand their nature. And this understanding coming to this understanding and this this practice which, which can contribute to the arising, the awakening of this understanding requires being present. It requires being steady with whatever is happening. We think of meditation as a way of changing ourselves. Maybe we think of Qigong as a way of changing ourselves. We, we got another email from uh, from someone in the states wanting to know um how qigong and meditation can be used together because um because it, it, to this person they seem like very different things the meditation is about calming and, and being peaceful and relaxed and the qigong is about building up qi getting stronger and, and uh and so he wants to know how, how these can be brought together. And, and so in, in each case, the meditation and the Qigong is seen as, as having a goal of somehow making me different, of getting something. And in this case, getting very different, very opposite things. But it's not about getting. It's for understanding, coming to understanding. And this evening I'm not going to speak too much about this understanding because I'd like you all to, to do the meditation practice, the sitting practice, the Qigong practice, the walking, the eating, the work meditation, and, and see what understanding each one of us can come to. See what understanding each one of us can uncover or reveal or discover for ourselves and from ourselves. And so I encourage you to, to do the, the practice through the day, moment to moment, with care. With care, with attentiveness, and with kindness, and gentleness, and finding the balance in that.